0: Hello, everyone. This is Premier Chess CEO, National Master Evan Rabin. I'm very excited to be on episode 234 of the Premier Chess podcast, where every week we interview great chess professionals, business coaches, attorneys, nonprofit leaders, many others who have found their passion in whatever it is that they do. Uh, this week, we have uh, the pleasure of having my dear friend and mentor, Rabbi Levi Welton. Uh, on the podcast. Many of you might remember him from episode 66 uh, that he did with uh, the great Reverend Gregory Livingston. Um, And uh, yeah, a lot has happened uh, since then. That was in January 2020, towards uh, the beginning uh, of the podcast. Um, Actually, I think in May 2020, but still, uh, you know, very much uh, towards the beginning and like the beginning of covid uh times that podcast was before. bs before stacy <laughs> which also brings me to uh an- another point uh one very important thing uh lady do- has done since then is married uh me to uh my amazing wife stacy Ehrlich, uh y'all yeah. uh almost three months ago uh you know but uh you know look before we begin uh you know with all that uh remind people, you know, t- tell us a little bit more about yourself and, uh, you know, where you got to,
1: you know, where you are today. Sure, I'm a proud Hasidic Jew, born and been raised in the Berkeley, California neighborhood. My inspiration for being a rabbi is a Lubavitcher Rebbe, father and Rabbi Yehuda Ferris, the Chabad Rabbi of Berkeley. And I'm a big fan of Evan Raven. And his wedding, your wedding, Evan, was just so magical and so holy. Mazel tov, mazel tov.
0: So thank you, Rabbi. And it does give me a little flashback to a Shabbat meal that I had uh, by you and your lovely wife, uh, Javi, several years ago. I think it was 2018. And I was sitting next to two other uh, single men uh, at the time, Shlomo Katz. And the great Hebrew uh Jewish yeah. and
1: well, uh, I gave rapper of all time
0: and and I said, you know what, Le Chaim, to the fact that in the next hopefully few years you're gonna be marrying all of us and uh look, I've known a lot of other rabbis since then people that I've been close to, but it wasn't even a question. you know, you were the rabbi that was going to marry us so what 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 was it uh you know for, for those that weren't there what what was it like marrying us in in Montreal?
1: Guys, you know, first of all, there was like, it was like a conference of rabbis between you and Stacy. the people that came in. And who was the rabbi that drove all the way, like 12 hours just to get to your wedding?
0: Yeah, I mean, that was crazy. Uh, Peretz Gein, a fellow Lubavitcher, of course, uh, of of Chabad, of Brandeis. Uh, You know, he was just as dedicated as could be. I almost felt bad. That he spent so much time traveling just to go, you know, for a couple hours. Um, uh, but of course, it's just you know, dedication. And uh, yeah, he he drove, uh, what a good five hours from Boston, was there for the ceremony and beginning of the you know, the wedding, dancing a little bit of food, and then he, you know, jetted back to Boston. So, uh,
1: yeah, of course, and the one and only <laughs> Robbie Jordan was him. there, who I think was uh, he was on your podcast, Robbie Stroll Bernath, right. Uh, he was not yet, but uh, he definitely should be. So we're going to fix that. <laughs> Got it. See, so he was there. I mean, even if everyone loved you and Stacey, and that really showed in so many ways, but just the people that you brought together, it was so diverse. Mm-hmm. And that would have been worth it for anyone to have witnessed. So many different people coming together in one space that are connected to you and Stacy. And like saying lechayim together, dancing together, you know, meeting each other, you know, it was just, it was like what the United Nations is supposed to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, connecting everyone, uh, you know, together. Um, so yeah, I mean, so, so, you know, one thing that I think is very interesting about you is... And we didn't really get to talk, you know, too much uh about it in the first episode because you know, it's together with uh, the reverend and uh you know we more talked about like racial issues and other uh, very important issues, but not getting you know too much into your, your own history. Um you know, a lot of people asked me actually recently, especially with the wedding and me exposing you to uh you know a lot of people, you know, what what kind of rabbi is he? You know, and I mm-hmm. always say, like, you know, he's for one. Of course, Yehuda Ferris, right, used to say labels are for shirts. I'm a big proponent of that. You know, a Jewish yeah. Attorney, yeah. you know, someone who practices, you know, relatively very little mitzvot, but their mother is Jewish, is guess what? Just as Jewish as someone in a black hat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: at the end of the day. Um, and maybe one day, you know, they will find, you know, their their spark of of Yiddish. Uh, we'll uh, talk about in a little bit but um yeah so i, I do often at the same time you know I, I do try to like somewhat explain and and honestly it's, you know like on one hand you know you you grew up Lubavitch uh you know and, and you could obviously see that in your book uh which we'll talk about in a little bit be like the moon uh you know you also work at an orthodox synagogue Lincoln Park uh Jewish Center which i've had pleasure of uh you know visiting many times i'm also you know, a member, uh, you know, you're also an Air Force chaplain, uh, you know, you also work now with Manhattanville College, I don't, and, and of course, your day job is being a physician's assistant, so I, I guess, for one, like, if someone said to you, like, you know, what kind of Jew are you, uh, like, how how would you answer that?
1: That's a great question. I guess I would say I want to be, I want to be like my parents, my father and mother. Hmm.
0: And I've actually, of course, had the pleasure of meeting them uh, a couple times. Um, and 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 how 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 would you say that is? You know, is there like if if you had to describe like your, you know, background in in a nutshell and sort of like how you identify.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, huh. you say it? I think I would. If you asking me to describe my parents? I could spend hours. You know, well, my siblings. Well, full answer, of
0: course, hours. you got to look at. The- well, uh, that's
1: right. But I use three <laughs> words.
0: No, don't don't get me wrong. But you know, don't don't get too into it. But uh, you know, or God willing, have a chance to like meet them one day. Because truly, when I met your your parents the first day, I was like, wow, this is like incredible. You know. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I learned from them, too, by the way, I remember, uh, you know, for instance, one thing that I, I did learn from your your mother, actually, over Shabbos once was the idea of uh, a second vessel uh, on Shabbat, you know, I was making coffee, and I didn't know, for instance, that, uh, you know, you should pour it to another. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, that's, for instance, something I did learn from your mother directly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'll just describe them with three words. My mother and father, you know, my siblings, I'm sure, have other ways to describe them. But I would say uh, sincerity, inclusivity, and what it means to be a hero. Hmm.
0: And I think that is truly important. And having known your siblings uh, for a while now, we. obviously, as, as you know, I just actually hosted your brother, uh, Yehuda Welton, who... He uh, loved it. You name. were there for him. He and, loved uh, it. And uh, we had a great time from Kosher Fest. Uh, speaking of which, our last podcast episode with Scott Eisenberg was actually recorded from Kosher Fest Uh <laughs> awesome. two podcast episodes ago now, but uh, awesome. that was like an impromptu like just complete day of fun. Uh, of course, after that, I briefly saw you and your wife probably it was just yeah it was just awesome what could i say but um you know so but yeah look i i do know that they're inclusive and you know i would say that's just chabad in in general you know i've i've seen a lot of people be a little bit worried you know they're not observant they don't know like you know what it would be
1: but well uh, you know that's what's what's interesting is that's what you know it's really what being jewish is all about if you look back to the first jews sarah our matriarch and avraham our patriarch they spent their whole life reaching out to, they did in other words like this Abraham and sarah their shlichus their mission in life was not to reach out to jews was to reach out to all of his <laughs> children all the noachides of the world every day they toiled to inspire, lift, and support, and teach all humanity. You know, Sarah had her four-cornered tent, and mm. they gave food and made blessings with people and taught them. And
0: it's my so, understanding that the chuppah at the wedding, what you stand over, uh, actually symbolizes that,
1: right? With uh... Yeah, so that's what a Jewish home is supposed to be, a place where you're not just thinking about your tribe. You think about all of Hashem's children, that's, that's the whole point. That's why they were, uh, you know, one of the reasons they were chosen to be the patriarch and matriarch of the people who had received the Torah on Mount Sinai was for that trait. They were people who shared and cared. And Hashem said, I want to give my book to someone that's just going to keep it in an ivory tower of <laughs> educational excellence and spiritual superiority. I want to give it to people who have in their DNA the ability to share and care, the spiritual DNA. So that's what it means it's to important be.
0: To of course, as you said, you know, spread uh, the love, right? And uh, you know, every Jew uh, and everyone else, you know, has something to uh, you know teach, uh, of course. And um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of. Uh, my friend Jody Samuels, who's been on the podcast uh before, she's a rock star. Uh, you know, in her book, uh, Chutzpah, Wisdom and Wine, (laughs) probably the best subject line I've I've heard of uh for a book. (laughs) Uh, you know, one thing she she talks about is you know when her daughter was born with with Down syndrome, you know, Mm. a lot of people said, oh, you you know, you you shouldn't have the baby, or you know, Mm. kind of crazy things like that. Uh. And she basically said, like, wait, if we have literally an open home and people coming for Shabbos every week, you know, people we don't even know, uh, people staying by us, sleeping by us, you know, how could I not have my own daughter? Mm, beautiful. And, you know, powerful. When I read that and I also, you know, heard her talk about it on this podcast and other events, it just, to me, that was like amazing, you know, yeah. And just, uh, you know, look, it it it's, it's a thing of, of hospitality, uh, you know, very important. And um, you know, look, I've been uh truly like, you know, honored in the in the last couple of years to, you know, be hosted by by you, many others, uh, you know, have helped uh you know, Stacey and I in, in, in our journey. And uh, you know, I think that is uh you know incredibly uh important to, to consider. So um yeah. Um, so I, I guess before we get uh, into the book, um, could could you talk a little bit about uh, so one thing that you know I've always been curious about is just how you juggle everything. You know, <laughs> you're, you're you're I would say. At least I think, you know, your 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 main income, you know, essentially, is being a physician's assistant. But, you know, you're 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 working at Lincoln Park Jewish Center, you know, primarily over the weekends. You're an Air Force chaplain. You're now at Manhattanville College, uh, you know, as a chaplain for for students. Uh, you're a writer. You know, I'm sure I'm blanking out on on many other things that you're you're, you're doing. Uh, I'm and a fan of premier chess. God willing, you have, you have you have two amazing kids. You know, as well, warm as a um, and, and and by the way, your you know your 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 wife, the Robinson, is also like extremely busy. You know, doing her residency, uh, you know, working long long hours. You know, at at the hospital, so it's not like she's even just yeah. around taking care of the kids and you know playing the stereotypical Robinson role.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. her her ambition and. In- calm under pressure attitude inspires me many times i mean me too yeah yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. i mean i've been at your home for instance for you know shabbos meals and you know right right after the meals he's like okay i'm reading my medical books i was like right (laughs) i'm ready to sleep but okay you know you can do that i'm great yeah um you know and uh like wow, but you know, also it's but but yeah. Like, how, how do you sort of like manage time and sort of juggle everything?
1: Sure, Baruch Hashem, discipline and sacrifice. I don't, I don't follow any sports. <laughs> so if you come to me and start talking about sports, you'll be sorely disappointed, and that's a sacrifice. You know, hmm. I have other things I got to do, um, and discipline is number one. So someone came to the Bava Chreba once, I think, and Zaz said, I don't have any time to do something And the Rebbe told him. Um, if you learn to be disciplined with time, you have all the time you need. Huh. To be a master of time. It's actually one of the most beautiful things in Judaism is that we the Kadesh Hazman, we sanctify time. Hmm. We can't control time, but we could actually. We sanctify it. This is the time of Passover. This is the Rosh Hashanah. This is the time of Shabbos, and we like make these bookends. It starts here, ends here. Here's what we do. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I think that is important as well. You know, look, if you make time for something, uh, it'll be there. You know, so for instance, you know, we have uh our first big tournament of the year on December 4th uh, coming up uh, first tournament of the grand prix for the year. And cool. A, a lot of it, no even I even bring it up now is it's a lot of it is just perspective, you know? So I had a parent, you know, the other day who lives in Queens and said, Oh, I, I wish I could make it. You know, the, the tournament is like far away in Manhattan, you know, and I'm thinking like my immediate like reaction, you know, was like, I literally just got several entries this morning from kids coming from Westchester, Long Island, further, you know, yet this parent, you know, lives in Queens and is like, wow, it's like too far. You know, Mm. Literally, by the way, every Monday I teach actually at this school in Manhattan where the tournament is, Grace Church School, and I go to the school in Queens, like right after a 35 minute commute. (laughs) Right. Definitely not too far, but again, it's all, uh, you know, just mindset. You know, similarly, yeah. with, you know, me as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I've been struggling, for instance, as you know, the last couple of years to, you know, fully keep Shabbat, thinking, wow, how, how do I have time for, you know, 25 hours to, you know, take off from Friday night to Saturday night uh, and still have time to, you know, run the so business. You know, your
1: struggle, your struggle is holy eyes of the shim. <laughs> So, you know, it said, the Gemara what, what says, if you all just catch Shabbat uh, one or two times, Mashiach would come. But I want to tell you that one of my inspirations is a rabbi named Rabbi Adin steinzaltz hmm. May his memory be a blessing. And he, one time, he was like a Renaissance man. He translated the entire Talmud, you know, approximately 7,000 folios. He it ran two schools. He was a scientist. He was uh, a rabbi and a leader for many. The New York Times said that he was one of the only true scholars of his generation. I mean things like that. So he one time had so many things he was working on, so many projects, he he wasn't he wasn't able to handle all of them. And he had to what they say in the film industry, quote unquote, kill your baby. He had to like let go another that they all wouldn't suffer. So he wasn't sure what to do. So he wrote a letter to his mentor, to Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he said, basically, and you can see this on YouTube. He talks about it. He said, I don't know what to choose. It feels like between choosing good and bad, Mm. I can have choice. But I'm choosing between good and good. Do I Mm. run a yeshiva? Do I translate to Talmud? Do -hmm. I work on my science, you know, research things? Do I do my lectures? You know, he's doing so many things. He... Ask the Rebbe, like, Rebbe, you choose. Like, tell me what I should focus on so that I can make them a success. I don't want them all to fail because I can't do all of them. I can't juggle all of them. You know what the Rebbe told him? Hmm. The Rebbe wrote him back, I think, a short answer and said, I think you should add on another project. Hmm. And then Adin Steinsdahl says in the video a fascinating thing. He says, in science, in physics, there's dense matter in outer space well, In other words what makes matter is you have atoms and there's space in the atoms with the electrons and all that stuff so in outer space there's actually matter which is compressed and something which is like the size of a pencil could weigh like five tons hmm. because all that matter is compressed so it's called dense matter so dean scheinzold said as a parable, that's what the rebbe was making me he was using pressure to make me into a whole new type of thing. Hmm. And if you look at like his obituary and you look at like the impact he had in the world, all of his projects were successful. Hmm.
0: And, you know, I have to say like many other great leaders, you know, he was extremely modest, you know, which is important, Yeah. Um,
1: you know. Yeah, one of the, uh, our mutual friend, Mark Gerson, I, I had the honor of Mark invited me to his home and Rabbi Adin Steinsitz was there, a bunch of like really cool Yale alumni and really cool people that are friends with, you know, uh, the Gearsons. And I had the pleasure of like being there in the room. And it was just amazing to see him interacting with people of all of life and his humility and his scholarship, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he of course has done so much for you know jews christians you know everyone else abroad um I was actually, well, all all humanity all children of Hashem. you know amazing you know and i i was actually just talking to his his wife erica a little bit uh this morning in fact oh um, mark and, yeah yeah they're incredible
1: Erica, they i love are. them
0: <laughs> they're incredible they really are and by the way, I don't know if you know, if you know this, but Erica actually first got into chess as a kid with uh, my good friend, Shanaz Kennedy, who. Uh, I, did not, of, I know, did not know that. Yeah. Her, her, and her, yeah, you know, so um, it's, uh, and, and now her kid, of course, you know, is uh, actually a very active chess player. So um, it's,
1: it's it's awesome. So well, um, what's, what's funny about that is, is um, when I was a rabbi in the Hamptons, uh someone once told me, why are you spending time with all these different people? Spend time only with like top people in the synagogue. So the let, biggest... let
0: me stop you for a second only because sure. I know the story that you're gonna say. And I want you to first relate it to chess, because I know you could
1: do this. <laughs> yeah. So the story is they said, don't focus on the pawns, focus on like big pieces. And I was raised by my parents, you know, my father, and my mother, are raised in the Chabad mentality. So I did not listen to that advice. <laughs> you know, I didn't just focus on the billionaires of the synagogue. I focused on everyone I could. And one of the, the couples that I really came to adore was actually Erica's parents. That's how I met Erica and Mark, really. Was hmm. I used to hang out with their parents and their parents were so sweet and so cool and welcoming. And they introduced me to Erica and Mark and all that. Like, wow. And then Mark and I, you know, you've had a couple of our cigars and Torah nights <laughs> at a club. And, you know, and they and it's just, it, it just goes to show you every pawn can become a queen. I think it was the Rebbe Shab. You like that story. You tell it, you know, the, one of the, I think it was the Rebbe Rashab, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. You know, they like they liked playing chess, certain nights and um, and he said that the lesson from chess is that everyone can become a queen. The pawn is the human being who just has to go once that time, but when they don't have all the abilities and the power of the angels or celestial beings, they could just do one thing at a time. They're very limited and constrained by the physical you know, rules of the game of life, but only human beings, only us can be transformed into a queen for hashem
0: and you know of course yeah i mean promotion is both real on the chessboard as well as in life and uh you know as actually one podcast guest elliot neff uh founder of chess for life uh writes in his book uh journey of the pawn yeah pawns only go forward you know they never go back yeah beautiful line every day we're we're learning and uh yeah, actually, uh, Manny Berker, uh, you know, one thing that he has taught me, he's also been uh, on the podcast, you, you met him actually at our wedding, uh, cool. but, uh, you know, one thing he talks about is, you know, look, at as a Jew or as a person, you know, if you're not actually growing every day, you're actually going
1: backwards. Hmm. By the way, Evan, you know, hearkening back to <laughs> how do you juggle with that discipline component? I only have about twelve minutes, and then at two o'clock, I have to hop off and see a patient for a psychiatric clinic.
0: Incredible! You're like saving the world, you know. One day, no, we're,
1: hey, we're all doing it. We're all but
0: doing uh, it. okay, so let 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 us get into the, the the juice before we get into it. Um, and, and you know, one thing uh, I'll, I'll also just quickly mention on on that note is, yeah, in in the kebab world, uh, chess is actually a, a very big thing. Uh, you know, on Christmas Eve, uh, it's actually a custom not to learn Torah. So there's actually a Nitzlnacht uh, at Echabad headquarters, which I didn't do before, where uh, people are just, you know, playing chess all night. You know, it's uh, incredible. So um, let's get into the book a little bit. I know we're, you know, short on time. Um, so I did have the pleasure of reading uh, the book. Um actually started it uh, when I was in Israel, Pursuit Coat. Uh for Sukkot. Um, cool. Hilbert. uh and uh you know truly even as someone who I would say knows you pretty well um uh, you know there, there was a lot I didn't know <laughs> you know before reading the book you know and uh the first half of course is uh a memoir slash you know biography slash like uh, inspiration uh, and then the second half of the book is uh more of a collection of uh, essays and and speeches that we gave uh, over uh, the last couple of years, um, what would you say is, like, the biggest reason someone should, you know, pick up this book?
1: Well, the biggest reason is if they, the biggest reason is to realize one salient truth, and that is you don't have to be a superhero to be a hero. Hmm. In other words, quite often it's the quiet humble heroes that are the true superheroes. They don't wear red underpants. They don't have kids, but the hidden people in your life, maybe a teacher, maybe a parent, maybe a friend, maybe a superhero even, but someone that kind of shows you what I think to do is, in a humble, quiet way, that's that lights up your life and guides you, like the moon. It was very quiet, and yet she lights up the way for people. But even before that, I just want to say this podcast. You know, I told your friend Rena from her, po- you know, her podcast on her podcast, Better Call Daddy, and that was amazing. Baruch Hashem, thank you for making that introduction, Evan. But I told her, her, her I said, well, what do you say? I said my sincere
0: pleasure. She had a great podcast, and we enjoyed trading episodes actually. So.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and I love what her dad said at the end about uh, about the book. But this was so cool, Evan, is literally, this is a very important podcast right now at this moment, because the book is published by Breakout Press. <laughs> Who is Breakout Press inspired by? David. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, like, everyone asks me, like, you know, Breakout Press, basically, they tell me when you self-publish a book, if you have to, like, to like pretend and promote, you can't, like, say it's self-published because no one takes that seriously. So, you got to, like, make your own publishing company to self-publish. So, when I was making a publishing company, and literally, I was thinking, what should I, I thought of you, because you're the mentality and how you're always, like, going higher and doing more, like, like that chess guy said, always going one step forward, not backward. And like, you know, uh, Reva's whole emphasis brought that to break out of your shackles of your habits to become a brand new person. That literally what I was hoping the book would do is like to help people break out either of their shell or, or of their past to become a hero for someone else. So that's why I called the Breakout Frat because of you, Evan Raven. So for all your listeners in the podcast, they should just realize how inspiring you are. Literally this book... For all time will be called the breakout press because of you.
0: Wow. Well, that that is like my sincere honor. So look, of, of course we could do, you know, a whole hour or two just talking about the book, but um just you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, one of my highlights, which you kind of alluded to uh was how you wrote, you know, not all heroes were uh uh what do you say not not all superheroes wear like costumes
1: i think you said capes, probably or something yeah
0: capes, i think you know and you know you just look you never know uh who you meet and how they're gonna like affect your lives uh that's happened many times you know look that's happened with my wife you know we got engaged after six weeks never expected that to hmm. never, ever ever happen, but uh you know it, it it was meant to be you know so yeah And so speaking of which, one thing that I read in the book that I maybe knew like a while ago, uh, you know, knowing you for a while and knowing Kavi for a while, but, uh, you know, if I didn't know, I I forgot, (laughs) you know, is how you literally, you know, were were, were traveling around the world, you were in South Africa, in in Yeshiva, you were in New York, you were, you know, literally everywhere in the world, Uh, and you finally found your wife like literally where you grew up at rabbi ferris's home you know in california you know to me that was just like amazing <laughs> you know and uh of course divine providence uh and, and as you know yeah but, uh, yeah can you, can you talk i guess just a little bit about uh you know how that came about and what what you know maybe what that taught
1: you that's such a good question because one of the criticisms i got in the book that I don't talk about my wife enough in the book. So now you gave me an opportunity to do that. So basically I'd given up hope that I would find anyone matched me. I felt that I was too weird. Like it didn't fit anywhere. Like I wanted, you know, a partner that loved learning Torah and loved learning Hasidus, but also loved going to like have a drink in a bar or see a Broadway play uh, or go king. Um, and wanted someone that had this idea of, you know, inspiring people and wanted to support that, but also had her own dreams. And, you know, just, I couldn't find, um, I just couldn't find the right fit. I was dating mm-hmm. for like 10 years or something like that. And I was dating Hasidic style, like, you know, speed dating, that type of thing. Um, and I just couldn't, and I basically almost gave up. I was like, I just got to settle. And I hmm. almost settled. And thank God, like, right, you know, when I needed it, she came into my life through Rabbi Ferris's Chabad House. And like, I moved to New York just because I was like, oh, there's more Hasidic women in New York. Hmm. And I'm there in New York trying to make it happen and all this stuff and really trying to make that vessel you know, sending out my resume to like a bajillion shadchanim and signing uh-huh. up for like a bunch <laughs> of websites and harassing all my friends to like share my resume with people, <laughs> trying to meet anyone anywhere I could. Hmm. And then eventually go back to visit my parents and meet her in the Chabad house. So Amazing. like you said, divine providence.
0: And my other probably favorite thing that i read about well i mean it was kind of bittersweet reading about it a little bit too but uh you know just the fact when you were like very 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 honest about you know at times you were you know like and this i guess sort of relates to that too but you know you were almost in depression you know yourself you know yeah you uh you know struggled i struggled and and still struggle with a lot of people you know have this maybe misconception that a a rabbi or in general uh you know a, a, a chaplain uh, you know has everything figured out you know and then you know likewise you know at, at point you wrote about how uh, you know you knew Hashem uh, God existed but you know you you weren't sure about like all the facts you know about it you know and even as someone who is you know growing in Judaism yeah I, you know I kind of assumed that yeah you know a lot of Orthodox Jews, Catholic Jews like they just have this like 100%, like for sure, this is God, and and, and it's what it is. So uh, the, the fact that you like, you know, opened up, um, but then also talked about, uh, you know, how you grew confident and whatnot, uh,
1: you know, I, I thought was very impactful. Well, thank you. Well, faith is not blind. Faith is learned, and faith is transmitted. Wow.
0: And, uh, you know, of course, it's, something right emunah in hebrew faith is, is something that uh you, you have a stem but uh of course it, it grows uh you know every day right so um anyway i
1: know where uh again at a, at a little bit of a loss for time but oh, it's a it's it a very cool something. thing i know we only got two minutes left but you know emunah has the same letters as the word an uman an expert an expert craftsman has the same letters so etymologically you gotta be an expert craftsman, at your faith. You gotta tend it, you gotta craft it, you gotta polish it, you gotta work at it every day.
0: So really, I want to thank you for taking some time to talk about uh, you know, Stacey's and I's wedding, uh, the Jewish home and mission, uh, ambition, time management, uh, sanctity of Shabbat, promotion, uh, nitelnacht, uh hidden heroes, Ufaratsta, Divine Providence, confidence, faith, uh, and a lot more. Uh, yeah. but- yeah. Know, wrapping up quickly, but um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you would like to share with everyone uh, while you're on the podcast this time?
1: Yeah, please buy the book <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly, share the messages with others. You know, I want people to realize that all the treasures that we have in, in my spiritual community can be used by any community, it mm-hmm. can be can benefit anyone so that's why i wrote that book you know whether it's like my neighbor's cat or like the Candyman man (laughs) in the show or rabbi ferris or you know all these different people the lessons i got from these people and animals in my life i wanted to share that so that people could realize that they can get powerful heroic lessons from the hidden heroes of their life too
0: well, wow, Well, absolutely incredible. And look, not just because I'm your friend, uh, because I've been a student and, you know, you've you married me, uh, you know, a few months ago, like truly everyone should get involved, uh, get to know Levy uh, in any way you could, you know, by reading the book or getting to meet him, going to Lincoln Park Jewish Center, uh, whatever it is. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out, learn more, how can people get a hold of you?
1: Through you or through Rabbi Welton Town.
0: Anyways, I got to bounce. Happy
1: Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you soon. Evan, love you, brother.
0: Amazing.